1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Good morning. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. I'm Ted Woodward. Steve McIntosh has the day off. It is Friday morning, January 6th. It is 8 o'clock sharp. I'll tell you about some kidnapping cases in Wichita this week. Filed over the medical care of a terminally ill Kansas inmate. I'm Dan O'Neill. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday. For now, this dry, quiet weather pattern will stick around south-central Kansas. Temperatures will be up and down throughout the next several days with a warming trend into early next week. Our full forecast here in just a few minutes. Currently in Wichita, it is partly cloudy, 36 degrees here on this Friday morning. Wichita police say a man is in custody after he allegedly kidnapped three children This was two separate incidents east of Lincoln and Woodlawn in the area of Clark Elementary School. The first incident happened just before 4 o'clock Wednesday afternoon near Harry and Woodlawn, close to Boston Park. A girl in her early teens reported her kidnapper was driving in a blue car and tried to sexually assault her, but let her go. And just before 9 o'clock yesterday morning, another situation with two elementary school students, a boy and a girl, siblings, were heading to school on foot on South Drury when a man in a blue car kidnapped them. Investigators say the driver let the boy go and later released the girl, who was found safe a short time later. Police officer Chad Ditch says officers already investigating the Wednesday afternoon kidnapping were able to locate the suspect vehicle, thanks to the little boy who was a victim on Thursday morning. A brief chase took place and police were able to make an arrest. Both these cases are still in the early stages. Uh, We have investigators out here still actively investigating both incidences. Um, We do strongly believe that the suspect that we have in custody is the suspect involved in both of these cases. The suspect identified as 21-year-old Manasseh Ward. He was arrested on suspicion of multiple charges, including kidnapping, aggravated criminal sodomy, indecent liberties, aggravated assault, and criminal threat. A new affidavit revealing chilling information about the suspect charged with killing four Idaho college students. The court documents show Koberger's phone pinged at least 12 times near the Moscow home leading up to the brutal killings. Now, the affidavit lays out what authorities believe to be his escape route leaving the crime scene. We also now know, based on Koberger's phone records, that he returned to the murder scene around 9 a.m. the following morning. His DNA was found on a knife sheath left at the crime scene, which was lying next to one of the victims. And one of the most bone-chilling revelations that came from that affidavit, the surviving roommate came face-to-face with the killer. Police who referred the surviving roommate as DM say she, quote, saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose walking towards her. And that's Fox's Brooke Singman with that report. Sedgwick County Sheriff's Department is now investigating a New Year's Eve incident involving two teenagers and off-duty Wichita police officers who were working security at a skating rink. The police department made the request to avoid any perceived conflict of interest. Wichita Mayor Brandon Whipple says it's important for any witnesses to contact the sheriff's office. I think we have some folks who wind up giving their story on the Internet or posting on social media. Uh, And I think those folks, some of them might assume that now that is part of the investigation. Uh, It's actually not. Uh, We need those type of statements, those witness statements to be go through the proper channel. Anyone with information is asked to call the Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office. A prisoner in Kansas City, Kansas, alleges in a federal lawsuit that the State Department of Corrections is not providing him with proper treatment 
for terminal cancer. Lawyers for 56-year-old John Kelvin said in an emergency filing last week that the corrections department refuses to give Kelvin intravenous nourishment while he fights stage 4 colon cancer. Kelvin was convicted of first-degree murder in a 2002 killing but has maintained his innocence. Another man convicted in the shooting has also said Kelvin did not commit the murder. Kelvin is eligible for parole this coming May. Dan O'Neill, KNSS News. The Capitol Hill riots in Washington, D.C., two years ago on this day. Since the day it happened, there has been an inauguration, trials, pleas, convictions, and hearings. But from all we saw, many still will not forget the sounds and the threats. Start making a list, put all those names down, and we start hunting them down one by one. We are at war. Two years now since the Capitol riot, many who took part have been punished and many who held the line honored. That will happen again today as the president awards the Citizens Medal to men and women who put their lives on the line to protect democracy. Gernal Scott, Fox News. A 25-year-old Wichita man sentenced to more than 79 years to life in prison for the shooting death of a young man from five years ago. The Sedgwick County judge sentenced Deisman Peters to life without parole for first-degree murder and more time for aggravated robbery, aggravated assault, aggravated burglary, and criminal possession of a weapon by a felon. The district attorney's office said the sentences will be served consecutively. A jury convicted Peters back in March of last year. The uh, The shooting happened in February of 2018, nearly five years ago. The victim, 18-year-old Dante DeVore, was inside a home. Dante DeVore was inside a home near Lincoln and Edgemore. Someone knocked on the door. After answering the door, several suspects walked into the house armed with handguns. A fight broke out. Shots were fired, killing DeVore. And then Peters was arrested a year after that. She was very, very old. And even older, a cave-drawing mystery resolved, finally. And, of course, our full weather forecast is on the way as well. KNSS News Time, 8.06. with Stephen Ted here on KNSS. The oldest person in America has died in Iowa. Bessie Hendricks, believed to be the oldest person in the U.S., has passed away. She was 115 at the time of her death on Tuesday in Lake City, Iowa. Born November 7, 1907, Hendricks raised a family that included five children, nine grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren, and 42 great-great-grandchildren. In a 2017 interview, she said the secret to her longevity was hard work, and she continued to crochet past her 100th birthday. She'll be laid to rest on Saturday. Hendricks' death leaves a California woman as the oldest person in America, set to turn 115 next month. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. Archaeologists have studied prehistoric cave drawings for centuries, but it finally took a furniture restorer from London to solve a longtime crucial mystery. Ben Bacon describes himself as being effectively a person off the street, and with archaeologists stumped by dots and lines on an Ice Age cave stencil of animals, he decided to have a go. The Eureka moment was decoding that a Y-like symbol was related to giving birth. 
He brought on board some researchers to help draw the key conclusion. Those dots and lines refer to mating seasons and a lunar calendar. We can now say Ice Age hunter-gatherers were the first to use a systemic calendar. Ben Bacon says our ancestors suddenly feel a lot closer. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. It's 8-11 with Stephen Ted on KNSS. Traffic so far this morning. Things have been looking pretty good on the roadways. Uh, we do have a stalled-out vehicle now, so you'll want to watch out for a slowdown. Uh, I-235 northbound at Broadway. So uh, watch out there. Of course, that's approaching that uh, north junction. Uh, also, we've got the uh, Kansas Department of Transportation uh, this morning uh, doing some more road construction up there north. And what's going to happen today is they're actually going to be closing... Uh, the northbound I-135 exit to eastbound K-254 from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Traffic update from 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I'm Jed Chambers. And the look at our weather forecast here on this Friday morning. Looking at a breezy day today with a high of 51 degrees under a partly cloudy sky. Clear sky tonight. Overnight low down to 31 with a cold front moving through. And that'll mean uh, it'll give us a much cooler day tomorrow. Only a high of 39 on Saturday on a sunny and breezy day. Warming up a little bit on Sunday with a high of 47 degrees on a sunny day. Currently in Wichita, we do have a breeze out of the southeast. It's partly cloudy and 36 degrees on our way to a high of 51 as we hit the first weekend of the year. It's 8-12 with Steve and Ted here on KNSS. My gosh, it's time for the regular season finale in the National Football League. And the Chiefs get at it tomorrow on a Saturday. The playoff-bound Chiefs. Finish up the regular season, visiting their division rival in Las Vegas, the Raiders. The Chiefs and the Raiders, 3.30 kickoff tomorrow afternoon. And of course, you can hear it all right here on KNSS. And calling that game is Mitch Holtis, play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us, as always, here on a Friday morning. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, Theodore. You know, it's been quite the week, uh, starting with... Uh, Obviously, and we continue to have <clears throat> prayers up for tomorrow. Hamlin, mm-hmm. been such great progress, but uh, <clears throat> we also got to remember it's not going to be he's going to just bounce right up and start running around. So uh, that was obviously a big part <clears throat> of the week for our whole nation, all the NFL. But then to have this game on the back end because that that delayed right Tuesday's work <clears throat> and and should have, and then to get this game reverse flex to Saturday. You can see where this mm-hmm. has kind of been a candle burning on both ends to condense this week to truncate it. Turning into a super short week. Uh, of course, a division yep. opponent. He played uh, the Raiders back in the middle of October at Arrowhead, and that was a kind of a strange game. Ended up a very close game. The Chiefs won by a point, and it was the Travis Kelsey show with four receiving touchdowns. And it was a microcosm of both teams team's years uh the fact that the Raiders jumped on top in that game 17 to nothing yeah Raiders set an NFL record this year and they have had 10 plus point leads five times in the second half and lost all five wow yeah that's an NFL record including that Chiefs game and then the Chiefs were able to pull it out like 30 29 at the end which has been just you know a plethora of, of close games so yeah that game back in October week five of the season was was truly a, a microcosm of both team seasons. But I would tell you, this is a dangerous Raiders team. I think that uh, Josh McDaniels was planning for this Jarrett Stidham move 
all along. If, if not, he knew it was going to be a strong plan B. The Chiefs and the Raiders going at it on Saturday, tomorrow afternoon. And these, how, how are the Chiefs facing up injury-wise? Well, they won't have Sky Moore. He had a lacerated hand uh, in the game last week against the Broncos, and he is out. Now, the, the ones that we're going to watch really closely, I think they will go. I mean, as of 8.15 this morning, but Joe Tooney at left guard, who, who left the game, came back, left the game again, uh, has been practicing on a limited basis this week. So that's one to uh, keep an ear on. The other one, there's two more, actually. McCole Hardman, who's now activated to the uh, 53-man roster, uh, will he be able to go tomorrow or not? That's still up in the air. And the one that may be considering this opponent and what the Raiders do best is Legereus Sneed. Sneed has been so good mm-hmm. as a slot corner, outside corner, a hip injury. He returned to the game last week and played and was big at the end of the game. Uh, hopefully he will play at least in you know some way, shape, or form. And, of course, the short-term scenario for the Chiefs is Kansas City wins mm. tomorrow. They get the number one seed atop the conference, and they get a bye in the opening round of the playoffs. That's it. So this this matrix that we have in front of us now, because the NFL put it out last night, mm-hmm. it's very complicated. I'm sure you've talked about it today. But, you know, we're talking neutral site championship games, and all as a result of not of calling the Bills-Bengals game Monday night in no contest. Okay, Chiefs, but you're right. The, the first box on this whole flow chart is if the Chiefs win, they get a bye. And I'm all for that. Uh, this team needs a buy. Travis Kelsey needs a buy. Uh, so just it's it's actually I'm going to give you a spoiler alert of my game day setup and my monologue when I start the game tomorrow is actually we're going to borrow Al Davis's term of just win baby because to get caught up in all of the possibilities is somewhat of a moot exercise if you don't win this game. So just win this game and then we'll see what happens Sunday night. Of course, heading out to Vegas, one of the new uh, bright new stadiums in the league. It's a pretty sweet place, isn't it? Ooh, that uh, I mean, SoFi and, and Allegiant Stadium—they just dropped. You're, we're looking for UFOs. We found them. <laughs> they landed, uh, and it's landed. It's it's phenomenal. It's a 22nd century stadium from a standpoint. I, I, all fans need to go there. Wichita Chiefs fans or fans, you need to go there just once and go. Oh my gosh! Okay. Uh, and you also have to see it to realize what, not to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, to use the cliche, but where the Chiefs, Royals, all of our pro teams moving forward, uh, what we're up against, and what you you know what you have to look at facilities wise to continue to compete. We mentioned the fact that uh, the, the the Raiders, despite that six and ten record. Pretty dangerous team. They've got uh, they've made some changes, and, and I mean, this is their big day. Their season's over Saturday, so they're they want to go out big time tomorrow. So what the NFL has done, and it's brilliant to keep Week 18 viable. I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks. Is even if you're out of the playoffs, every one of these games is a division game, and you don't like these division teams. The the biggest example was last year the Jaguars knocking the Colts out of the playoffs yep, yep. in Week 18, and the Jags were terrible. And they had nothing to play for, but they don't like the Colts. Like, well, hey, can we run their season and kind of mess up their start to 2020? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. do that. 
And, but here are the Raiders with Jared Stidham. There's a bigger story here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get through this quickly. Bigger story here, because I think Josh McDaniels has had Jared Stidham in his mind all along, the quarterback for the Raiders, mm-hmm. who, he, who he pushed to get drafted to the Patriots in 2020. Yep. Stidham now has had the circuitous path. He was at Texas Tech. Hmm. Uh, so was Patrick Mahomes. So Stidham going, I'm out of here, goes to Baylor for a year. Then he goes to Auburn. All right, so much traveled, but he's talented. And they drafted him in New England, but they've got Cam Newton. And so they didn't play him until the Chiefs game when he played 25 snaps against us and looked good. Then he gets hurt in 21. McDaniels gets the Raiders job in 22. What's he do? He trades for Stidham almost right away. And so I think this is his long-term plan. McDaniels' long-term plan is to make Stidham his guy. And Stidham has every ability to do that, or most of the ability to do that, when you have Devontae Adams. Darren Waller's up and running. Josh Jacobs, the Tulsa McLean running back, who's leading the NFL in rushing by far. And uh, other, Foster Moreau, I mean, Hollins. They've got weapons on this team, but Stidham gets the ball to them faster. Their tempo of their offense is much faster now. The Chiefs and the Raiders in Vegas tomorrow afternoon in the regular season finale. If the Chiefs win, they get a bye in the opening round of the playoffs. Of course, live coverage on the Chiefs radio network at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. The game will kick off at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. Listen live right here on your Wichita radio home of the Chiefs, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Mitch, I must ask you while we have you on the line, how does this Chiefs-Raiders matchup somehow relate to Wichita State Shocker football? As part of our Eddie Ploppa, Kansas City Chiefs, Shocker football, Vegas Strip update. <laughs> yeah, well, I've tied the shocks into UNLV before, and <laughs> but you know, and and I've chuckled and had had fun with these. But there are times, there are times, just like you're such a great thespian that you, the great ones, can do comedy and they can also do drama. This one is going to take more yeah. of a serious time right. because I I know what you were thinking of, Ted. Uh, probably Monday night when you were seeing that scene because we've talked about this before. But the Chiefs, when they became the Chiefs, they moved from the Texans to the Chiefs in 1963. And Lamar Hunt, was he saw the need to get the region involved. He was thinking of the kingdom before we named it. And that's why he set up a series of preseason games in regional areas. And one of those was going to be at Wichita, the old Vets Stadium, uh, which became Cessna Stadium later. But in 1963, on August the 30th, it was Veterans Stadium. Well, the Chiefs are going to play the Houston Oilers in a preseason game. The Chiefs have a young rookie who was very uh, intriguing because he was an uh, Olympic 200-meter finalist. He finished fifth in the 1960 Olympics, and he was a part of the 4-by-100-meter relay team that would have won the goal, but they were disqualified. And his name was Stone Johnson amazingly fast he was just in in a freak accident uh during that preseason game uh he was paralyzed and and on the field um and then stone johnson passed away tragically uh september the night 10 days later i believe uh, was when stone passed away and but it happened on wichita state's field university of wichita's field at the time and it's it, it it just Monday was one of the you're thinking of Demar Hamlin, but you're thinking of what it would have been like in 1963 on that night uh, in Wichita. But since that night, Ted, no chief has ever won the number 33. Stone Johnson uh, was number 33, and no chief since that night in Wichita has worn that number. So we remember 
that. We remember uh, the professionals who saved Demar Hamlin's life. Yep, yep. And uh, not a not a not a not a funny one this year or this week, but but one that I know is is uh, very profound. Certainly so, and that's been our mind, on our minds all week. The Chiefs and the Raiders tomorrow afternoon, finishing up the regular season. We're looking forward to your call tomorrow right here on KNSS. As always, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Theodore. Good to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Have a great call tomorrow, right. and we'll talk with you again yes, next week as we get just ready win, for baby. the playoffs. <laughs> just win, baby. Al Davis channeling it. It's 823 with Steve and Ted. Hey, coming up. Next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend is the 2023 Cars for Charities, the great annual Rod and Custom Car Show, and that's going to be downtown at Century 2 Convention Center next weekend on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. I've got some passes to give away right now to some lucky callers who want to call in and win these, and some winners will also get a free cup of tea from HTO. Call me now if you'd like this prize. Number is 869-1330. 869-1330. Call me now. The Sean Hannity Morning Minute on KNSS is brought to you by Ted on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. 832 with Stephen Ted here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Currently in Wichita, it is partly cloudy, 36 degrees here on Friday morning. Two people hospitalized following a shooting in North Wichita. This happened early yesterday afternoon near 21st and Grove at 22nd and Pyatt. Officers found a man in his 40s inside a home. He was hospitalized in critical condition. And another man arrived at a different hospital in serious condition from a gunshot wound. And police believe that these are connected. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy once again failing to become Speaker of the House. 11 votes in just three days. That's enough for the history books. Now we enter into day four, and McCarthy was asked if the speakership role that he seeks has been weakened by this drawn-out and fractured process. Late last night, details of a potential deal emerged. Lawmakers tell Fox News that this would give in to virtually all the demands of those who have been resisting a vote for Kevin McCarthy. The deal would allow a one-member motion to vacate, giving members an easier route to oust McCarthy if they wanted to, and provides the House Freedom Caucus with stronger representation on key House committees. And that's Fox's Alexandria Hoff with that report. Two people were injured in a mobile home fire in South Wichita. This was early yesterday morning in the 2100 block of West MacArthur near Meridian. Crews found flames coming from the home. When they got there, two people did get out of the home, but they suffered critical injuries from smoke inhalation. Damage to that home estimated in excess of $70,000. The Biden administration taking steps to deal with immigration and border security. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas making it very clear. Title 42 or not, the border is not open. Secretary Mayorkas making the statement after the department and President Biden announced a slew of actions on the border while the Supreme Court hears arguments on the immigration policy known as Title 42. The actions include the U.S. accepting 30,000 people per month from four countries for two years, allowing the ability to work legally as long as they come to the country legally, have eligible sponsors, and are vetted. At the White House, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. The National Football League has decided that the game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals Monday night was suspended after Buffalo safety DeMar Hamlin 
suffered cardiac arrest on the field, will not be continued. The game was halted with the Bengals leading 7-3 to in the first quarter after Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest and collapsed on the field. Doctors said Hamlin has shown substantial improvement but remains in critical condition. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell saying in a statement that among the reasons for not continuing the game were that it would have no bearing on what teams made the playoffs and resuming it would have delayed the postseason by a week. The outcome of the game, though, could have had an impact on home field advantage in the AFC playoffs, and if that is still the case after the final regular season games this weekend, the NFL is proposing a plan that would involve potentially playing the AFC title game at a neutral site. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. It's 8.35 with Stephen Ted here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Let's take a look at our weather forecast heading into this weekend. Here's meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. A few clouds continue to spread in from the west here this morning. We become partly cloudy and breezy today. Temperatures reaching the mid-40s by the time we go to lunch. 51 for the high this afternoon. Clear overnight, tarlow 31. Sunny and much cooler Saturday with a high 39. 47 likely on Sunday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holliday. And currently in Wichita, it is partly cloudy, 36 degrees. We're on our way to a high of 51 here on this Friday, January 6th. It is 836 with Stephen Ted, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. And that means it's time to blur that fine line between news and entertainment. That's why it's called The Blur. And here is your MC, Jad Chambers. We'll get the latest update on the... Uh condition of actor jeremy renner gives his fans another update from the hospital following his recent accident fox's michelle polino with more jeremy renner gave fans another update from his hospital bed as he recovers from a snowplow accident that left the actor in critical condition new year's day the actor posted a video from his hospital bed his eyes swollen shut breathing into an oxygen mask with family members behind him rubbing his scalp Renner captioned the video, a not-so-great ICU day. Turned to an amazing spa day with my sister and mama. Thank you so much. That was the first shower. I was definitely weak or so. The actor tried to help remove a family member's car from being stuck in the snow when the actor's snowplow ran over him. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Disney is filing a patent for a new design for robots to be used at their parks. Fox 35 Orlando's Matt Teresa reports on this. This patent application the company recently filed describes a free-flying robot using air and water-powered thrusters to hover and move quickly. The robot will use a fan and fluid-based propulsion system to create thrust or quick changes in speed. Disney experts say technology like this could help bring the company's characters to life. They also say it would help draw visitors to certain locations or events. But theme park experts say it could take a while before this tech actually shows up in Disney's parks. Yeah, it does sound like they're a little ways away from this sort of hummingbird robot technology <laughs> yeah. they've got uh, apparently patented. So, Well, you know, Walt was always, uh, he was big into robots and animatronics. He loved that stuff. So yeah, that's, that's true. kind of in Disney's DNA. <laughs> they could make all those birds that land on you like they did on, and what was that, Cinderella or whoever. <laughs> Whichever Disney princess is ones that always had birds all over for whatever reason. Anyway, maybe they can do that for it. <laughs> for kids at the park. The Grammy Special Merit Awards Ceremony returning. Fox's Michelle Polino with more. The Recording Academy's Special Merit Awards Ceremony will mark its return for the first time since 2020 during Grammy Week. The ceremony, which will celebrate 2023's Lifetime Achievement Award recipients, 
as well as Trustees Award, Technical Grammy Award, and Best Song for Social Change Award recipients, will take place the night before the big show. Nirvana, Bobby McFerrin, Ma Rainey, Niall Rogers, Slick Rick, The Supremes, and Ann and Nancy Wilson of Heart are the Lifetime Achievement Award recipients. The Best Song for Social Change honoree will be announced at a later date. The Grammy Awards will be held Sunday, February 5th, in Los Angeles, Michelle Polino, Fox News. Interesting day in uh, history on this day. Olympic skater Nancy Kerrigan attacked on this day in 1994. Oh, wow. yep, figure skater Tanya Harding and her ex-husband Jeff Galuli found liable in the attack. They hired hitman uh, Shane Stant to injure Kerrigan, thereby knocking her out of competition. She actually went on to get silver. Uh, and that Stan- was such a huge oh, yeah. story. It was a huge story. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and all came, all happened, all started on this day in 1994. Uh, today is the birthday of Walking Dead actor Norman Reedus, 54 years old today. American actor, best known of course for starring as Daryl Dixon in the AMC horror drama series The Walking Dead. Also, he was uh, Murphy McManus in the film The Boondock Saints. That was the first place I ever saw him. Uh, he was one of the stars of the Boondock Saints. Born in Florida. Here's something I think I I think I knew at one point, but I had forgotten it until today. Born in Florida, he attended Bethany College in Lindsburg, hey. Kansas for a semester. Swedes. Yeah, just one semester, but there we go. He was at uh, Bethany College for a little while. Uh, the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour started an eight-week run at number oh, one on the Whoa. U.S. album chart on this day. Back in 1968. The U.S. version of the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour soundtrack features songs from the less-than-successful film, as well as uh, singles issued during the surrounding era. The release proved to be another massive hit, holding the number one on the position uh, on the album charts for eight weeks. First Beatles album to come out after I was born. Yeah, there we go. Magical Mystery Tour started an eight-week run at number one. U.S. album chart in 68 on this day. Of course, uh, had more, <laughs> more big album news out there. Peter Frampton's blockbuster Frampton Comes Alive released in the U.S. on this day in 1976. Oh, After leaving the UK group Humble Pie in 1971, the singer-songwriter and guitarist uh, released several unsuccessful solo albums. But in 76, he broke through with his live album, Frampton Comes Alive, number one on the album chart ten times. It was the best-selling album in the U.S. that year. Worldwide, it has sold an estimated 11 million copies. Wow. Frampton Comes Alive. Well... Big day in comic history. Okay. Peanuts debuted in Sunday papers across the United States on this date in 1952. It had its origin in a strip called Lil Folks, a weekly panel cartoon that appeared in Schultz's hometown newspaper, the St. Paul Pioneer Press. From 47 to 1950, uh, elementary details of the cartoon shared similarities to Peanuts. The name Charlie Brown was first used in Lil Folks. The series also had a dog. It kind of looked like the yeah, early 1950s like version of Snoopy. Snoopy. Yeah. A little bit different than the, what you'll see in the comics today. Boy, what a... The designs have changed. <laughs> in 
what a franchise that turned out to be from the pen of Charles Schultz. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Incredible franchise there. Speaking of long-running franchises, debuting on this day back in 1975. From the Sony Picture Studios, it's America's Game. That's right, Wheel of Fortune debuted on this date back in 1975, <laughs> created by Merv Griffin, originally hosted by Chuck Woolery and Susan Stafford. Chuck Woolery, he was a good host. Yep. Wheel of Fortune premiered as a uh, daytime, you know, game, game, time game, game show. show. Uh, continues today as a nightly syndicated mm-hmm. show with longtime hosts Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Of course, back then you would win, and then you would have to. They had this massive shopping showcase. People have to take their money and, oh, I want the couch. Oh, I want that. And, this. and I want the stove. And I want the <laughs> hanging chair. Yeah, and it took forever. I was like, ugh. <laughs> they finally got rid of that. They got rid of the shopping showcase. Yeah. And hey, speaking of uh, debuts on television, mm-hmm. it was back on this day in 1973. <laughs> That's right. Schoolhouse Rock first aired, the first short aired on this day back in 73, uh, developed by advertising executive David McCall after he realized his son could remember the lyric mm-hmm. to rock songs, but had but trouble with multiplication no tables. Idea, yeah. Yeah. So the shorts were designed to run as little educational interstitials on Saturday morning cartoons kind of between cartoons them. on ABC. That's yep. right. Series stayed in rotation for 12 years. A couple of revivals in the 1990s and then the 2000s. But yeah, Schoolhouse Rock first aired on this day on ABC in 1973. That's huge bullseye for my childhood. Mine too. Just, yeah. Just about sing along to every one of those. Yeah, I think I remember just about every one of them. Schoolhouse Rock. That's why I, know, that's why I can recite the preamble of the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I can sing it. Well, exactly. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, the uh, late-night hosts, were all making fun of William versus Harry. Oh, and, yeah. of course, the revelation that they had fought each other at mm. one point. So uh, here, we've got, uh, here we've got the jokes from Jimmy Kimmel Live. Prince Harry has a book coming out, and he details a story in it about a fight he had with his brother, Prince William. They got in a fight after William insulted Harry's wife, Meghan Markle. Harry claims William called Meghan difficult, rude, and abrasive. Which he probably could have saved time and just said she's American, but he <laughs> that claims William then grabbed me by the collar, ripping my necklace, and knocked me to the floor, which is crazy. I bet I have two brothers who are the result of generations of inbreeding got in a fight. The only surprise to me is it didn't happen in Florida. But <laughs> <laughs> And here it is in the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. In his forthcoming book, Prince Harry claims that Prince William once knocked him to the floor during an argument about Meghan. Apparently the fight happened at the Buckingham Waffle Palace. (laughs) That's all we have for the blur today, Ted. (laughs) All right, that's good stuff. Thanks for hosting this week, Jad. We appreciate it. Always fun. It is 846 with Steve and Ted here on KNSS. We have a Wichita Business Journal update coming up, and we'll tell you about women who lead... More information on that. KNSS News Time, 846.
849 with Steve and Ted in the morning on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Coming up, we have a local business update from the Wichita Business Journal, and we'll talk about uh, a change for the president of the Wichita Aero Club and a board that she'll be on. Coming up, KNSS News Time, 849. Let's take a look at three big things. Three. New restrictions are now in place for travelers coming into the U.S. from China. The United States, several other nations requiring a proof of a negative COVID test. Two. A man is in custody. He allegedly kidnapped three children in two separate incidents in southeast Wichita near Clark Elementary School. One. The Capitol Hill riots, a mob storming and forcibly entering the U.S. Capitol while Congress is in session. That was two years ago today. Three big things with Stephen Ted, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. And remember, we're just uh, we're ten minutes away for some road cons- from some road construction starting today at 9 a.m. They're closing the ramp from northbound I-135 to K-254. Doing some bridge construction there, so they're closing that one down from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. today. Traffic update: 98, uh, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I'm Jad Chambers. And look at our weather forecast here heading into the first weekend of the year. High today of 51 degrees, pretty nice, partly cloudy and breezy. Under a clear sky tonight, low down to 31, then a cold front is moving through. And that means it'll be much cooler tomorrow on Saturday with a high of only 39 on a sunny and breezy day. Warming up again back on Sunday on a sunny day with a high of 47. Currently in Wichita, it's partly cloudy. We have a breeze out of the southeast. It is 36 degrees. This morning, we're on our way to a high of 51. Don't forget the Glenn Beck program is coming up from 9 to 11 right after our show. One of the topics, some people claim that math has a colonial bias. and Teachers are going to attend indigenous math retreats to confront, quote, harmful practices. One of the topics this morning on the Glenn Beck hmm. program, 9 to 11 right here on KNSS. Hey, let's take a look at a local business update from the Wichita Business Journal. Uh, we have, the Business Journal has a collection in which you can get to know the top professional women in Wichita who make diversity, equity, and inclusion part of their work. You can find out about their careers and get their insight on why they think it's important. And the next Women Who Lead topic is going to be legal services, and those profiles will appear in the Business Journal starting next month. You can nominate top professional women in many sectors at the Business Journal's nomination page. Nicole Alexander, president of the Wichita Aero Club, has now been named to the board of directors of the National Aeronautic Association for the year. She's one of nine new members elected to the organization's board, and they all begin serving this month. The existing board features other local aviation leaders, including Tanya Suttoth, head of strategy for Bombardier's U.S. headquarters in Wichita, and Dwayne Hawkins. He's president of defense and space at Spirit Aerosystems here in Wichita. Nicole Alexander took the helm at the Wichita Aero Club last summer following the retirement of Dave Franson. While with Alan Gibbs and Hulick at the time of the change, her career had previously included nearly a decade with Hawker Beechcraft and Textron Aviation. Nicole Alexander, now on the board of directors of the National Aeronautic Association this year. And that is a local business update from the Wichita Business Journal. It's 8.53 with Steve and Ted here on KNSS as we are heading into the first weekend of the year in 2023. How flat is it here in the state of Kansas? It's almost a match game question. How flat are we? (laughs) The terrain of the entire state of Kansas is actually scientifically proven to be flatter than a pancake. Literally. Scientifically flatter than a pancake. That's what they say. Okay. Three geologists 
compared a sample slice of the state to a pancake from IHOP under a laser microscope. Mm. With 1.0 being perfect flatness, the pancake scored 0.957. All right. Which the researchers say pretty flat. That's pretty flat, yeah. Kansas, the state, scored 0.9997, or damn flat, yeah. according to the scientists. <laughs> Even flatter. There we go. <laughs> so there you go. Science proved it. Uh, we are, yeah, we are a flat landers. Well, you know, east of I-135. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, if you're, now let's go from flat to water. Okay. There's enough water in Lake Superior to cover the entire landmass of North and South America one foot deep. That's how much water is in Lake Superior. Okay. That's pretty that's incredible. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of water. Big Lake holds as much water as all the other Great Lakes combined, plus three more Lake Erie's. Hmm. There you go. There's a little trivia for you there. Hey, America needs carpenters and plumbers. But try telling that to Gen Z. Often described as people born between 1997 and 2012. All right. Gen Z on track to become the most educated generation. Oh, but, that's good. However, fewer young folks are opting for traditionally hands-on jobs in the skilled ah, trade and technical industries. I see. number of young people seeking technical jobs, plumbing, building, electrical work, dropped by 49% last year compared Yikes. to just two years earlier, according to data from online recruiting platform Handshake. Mm. Rather than graduating with a mountain of student debt, some just should some students learn a trade, like electrical work or plumbing work? Hey, the average salary for those jobs is about twenty-seven dollars an hour in the United States. That's it's it's a good look. It's uh yeah, you'll you get some money doing things like that. Yeah, but Gen Z apparently is not interested. Well, any job where you don't jobs. have your hands free to be on your phone. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. Eight fifty-five with Stephen Ted here on KNSS. Hey, congratulations to uh, Pat and Miley and Ricardo, and uh, we all got them uh, tickets to go see the the big custom car show. Cool. Cars for Charity. Next, Excellent. Next weekend. Next weekend, the, right. On the uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th. So congratulations to those folks. Pat from Wichita, Miley from Mays, and Ricardo from Wichita. Thanks for being with us on the program today. We have more coming up. The Glenn Beck, Dana Show with Dana Lash, Sean Hannity Show, news updates all day. Stephen Ted in the morning, 98.7 and 1330, KNSS Wichita. Have a great weekend. Get Wichita.